What we found out was there's not a lot of pure investment that's going on in, in that market. Almost all of almost all of the homes are rented out for half the year solely to cover costs so that the owners can have their vacation home when they want it. Mortgage free, right? No expense. Yep. But there wasn't anyone that was saying, hey, how do we jack occupancy, jack revenue, and what do those returns look like? Welcome to the Threefold Real Estate Investing Podcast. This is the podcast where you'll not only learn how you can achieve massive success in multifamily real estate investing, but also how you can simultaneously pursue great relationships with your family and a better walk with God. You can achieve financial freedom through real estate investing without sacrificing the relationships that mean the most to you. Now, here's your host, Lee Yoder. Welcome back, Threefold listeners. I hope you're having a great week this week. Uh, it's warmed up here in a little bit in Ohio, so we're enjoying some sunshine, uh, which is a nice uh, welcome sight this time of year. Uh, we've got a great guest today, uh, and you'll have to trust me on that. Uh, he is from Michigan. I don't like to talk to guys from Michigan, but it's not football season anymore. Football ended yesterday. College football has been over for a while, so we'll make an exception. Uh, but Anthony Toth is joining us today. Great guy, uh, doing some great things. i uh, really interested to get into uh, what he's doing because it, it's kind of unique. Uh, it's, it's similar to what we're doing here at threefold, uh, and that it's syndicating, um, rentals, uh, in, in a big way, but, uh, focus more on short-term instead of long-term. So can't wait to get into that, but a little bit about Anthony, and then we'll bring him in. Um, he has more than a decade of experience, knowledge and expertise in commercial real estate industry. Then in 2015, uh, through the summer of 2020, joined a private equity real estate investment firm. Uh, so got a bunch of experience through them doing some big things. Uh, during this time at the firm, uh, was direct, uh, Anthony directed the uh, management acquisitions and dispositions. Fast forward to today, though, Anthony considers the creation of Dynasty Investment Partners with his business partner to be the most thrilling accomplishment of his professional career thus far. Uh, yeah, and I do have to say he did graduate from the University of Michigan. Uh, he was a four-year letter runner, two-time Big Ten Conference champion uh, and captain of the varsity baseball team. So we'll give him props for that. That's pretty impressive to know he played for the wrong team. <laughs> Anthony, uh, welcome, man. So glad to have you today. Thanks. Appreciate it. I, I, I'm going to throw in there. One, sure. I'm, fr I'm from Ohio. We talked about that. Okay. That, yep. That's right. You are so, from Cleveland. Like that. So, but jump, got smart and jumped borders and went to Ann Arbor. And I was <laughs> six, 16 and 0 against Ohio State before I lost my first game to the Buckeyes. So, oh, really? For base. So, you guys so dominate Ohio State in baseball, huh? We, we, well, at that, that period of time when I was there, yeah, we were, okay. we were pretty, we were pretty darn good. So, that's it, awesome. uh, but yeah, I got I got to throw that in there, right? To all, my, you, to all my friends that are still living in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw, you have to throw, throw that digs in. when I can. I can't, yeah. I can't hate on you for that. Um, well, cool, <laughs> Anthony. So a lot of it, so you, uh, sound like, like right out of college, you, you're jumping into the, the real estate space. So you, yeah, you, you're, you're young, uh, but you already have a lot of experience in real estate. Tell us a little bit about, um, maybe making that transition. So what sparked yeah. it in you? Was it just finally like, Hey, I can do it better than these guys or Hey, I just want to do my own thing. Just maybe tell us a little bit about that transition that got you into kind of doing your own thing. Yeah. You know, it definitely started the whole W2 thing, you know, work, working yeah. for kind of a, a more suit and tie corporate type environment. And, right. you know, it, it's actually kind of a funny, funny story how, how that happened. I, I had no intentions of going into the business world, you know, up until, uh, two weeks before the ba baseball draft in my senior year, I was, I was getting drafted and actually yeah. at Ohio state, I broke, I broke my leg two weeks before the draft. So that kind of went even more reason to hate them for you. Even, <laughs> yeah. I really got to fix, fix first base there over at, uh, over in Columbus. But, um, <laughs> yeah. 
but quickly I had to decide what I wanted to do. And, and real estate was always interesting to me okay. or, yeah. or, or frustrating if you, if you will, because in college, right, you're paying six, 700 bucks a, a, a month, a bedroom to some guy that has owned a house debt free for God knows how long. So he's just mm. raking in cash. And that's kind of when yeah. the wheels started. Turning, oh, I remember, that. I remember right? thinking that in college too. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's yep. like, man, if I didn't, if I own this, I'd have all my roommates and teammates paying me. Oh, that'd, no. be, that'd be nice. Yep. Um, and, and the, the job that I took right out of school, thank God I, I, I got it. They were looking for someone with like five to seven years of experience. And I went into, uh, because it was a, a, a Michigan athletics connection. I went in for, to practice interviewing skills for a role that they needed five someone with five years of experience and they gave me the job. So it was like very much sink or swim. Yeah. Got super lucky cutting my teeth on the property management level, which led to, you know, getting into the private equity space when I, when I uh, became a partner at a, a small boutique real estate investment firm in, in Ann Arbor from 15 to 20. And then it was just, you know, okay, I, 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 I feel comfortable. I understand this business from the ground level up. Um, I understand you know, it's this, this syndication model. And now I want to do it my way in the asset classes that I want to focus on, which, you know, started out solely traditional multifamily, which you guys do at threefold. Uh, yep. And then that just naturally morphed into what we are super focused on today, which is the short-term rental assets. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And you, so you guys started out pretty local, right? And Anthony, you guys were buying, you know, bought some stuff locally. Um, and then you branched out a little bit, maybe, um, because I do want to get into the short-term rental space. I really want to focus on that with you. We've, we've done a bunch of multifamily stuff, but I haven't done uh, really anything on syndication of short-term rentals, but what, sure. um, when did you, when did you pivot? Was it just something like, Hey, we want to try this out. We want to own our own. And then you, you saw, you know, kind of see the proof of concept or what, what started that pivot? Yeah. Well, from in the first 18 months of, of the company, we, we amassed a, a $22 million portfolio of like 134 doors and 9,000 yep. square feet of retail in, in our backyard in Detroit, which is, which is uh, where my business partner and I uh, nice, nice. live. Yeah. And it was, it was basically what happened was we all saw what was happening with interest rates and the int rising interest rate environment. Um, and seller seller expectations didn't move, and they still haven't adjusted to, yeah. to reflect those interest rates, right? So it got very difficult to find good deals. Sure, sure. And yep. how many how many of us put a deal under contract, you know, early last year when rates were four percent, and by and by the time it was getting close uh, to closing, you know, 60, 90 days later, rates were, you know, almost double, right? Yeah. So deal didn't look so good. Deal, deal yeah. didn't look so good. So no, how do right. you it became a hey? How do we combat this? Right. What's a way that we combat this? We can get creative. You know, there's plenty of seller finance offers that we put out there to try to get a little uh, creative financing going on with with uh, lighter interest rates. But what we found was, hey, I can take uh, really how it started is I could take a six unit smaller apartment building in, in Brush Park, Detroit, which is the, the the neighborhood where everything's happening. And we could run this thing as a long term rental and go get 12 month leases. And this thing will produce about 2000 bucks a month, a unit, or I can run this thing as short-term rentals because the market's under the market in Detroit is undersupplied for hotels. And we get a bunch of uh, business travelers and I can pump out 4,500 to $5,000 a month per unit. Well, what are you going to do? Right. Yeah, From an investor. Like at least worth a try. Yeah. Right. So right, it, yeah. it, it's, so we hit, the, we hit the ground running. Um, Actually, and and it's been a family affair. My wife actually resigned from twelve years of teaching. She's running the running point on the operations of all of our short term rentals, cool. and it, it's been That's a it, it's been a very quick proven concept. Yeah. And then we 
Then we morphed into doing more luxury single family short-term rentals, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more down in the panhandle of Florida. So yeah. it's, it was a, Hey, investor, our investor base, here's, here's a six to 8% cash on annual cash on cash return in a, in a safer, uh, long-term traditional multifamily play, or here's 15% and North annual cash on cash return in a short-term rental play. Yeah, which one, right. which one are you going to invest in? Right. It's, yep. um, I want the cash. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah. And I, I'm, we are absolutely cash flow buyers. I mean, Hey, the appreciation is great. Maybe we'll get that, you know, most likely we will, we'll pay down debt. There's all these benefits, but we got a cash right. flow. We got to run it like a business. That's what I like about your story, Anthony, the way you guys are doing it, because you started there first. I think that's kind of important. I think that's what we're going to get into is you guys learned how to operate multifamily because multifamily is a, a saturated feel. I mean, a lot of everybody understands it's a great investment. Um, it, it's safe, it's secure. You can get good lending, which means you can get good leverage, which means, you know, you can uh, multiply your returns, right? Like the bank gives you a bunch of money and, and all they want is their interest. They take none of the upside. You get all the upside. There's tax benefits and, and people need a place to live. And so, you right. know, over time you, you, you cash flow like a business, if you run it well, if you operate it well, which is so important, you got to operate it well, you got to have good property management, whether you do it yourself or you find a good third-party manager, you got to operate that business well, which allows you to cash flow. Meanwhile, you know, in the background is the tax benefits, the paying down the debt, the appreciation, all those things. So you guys learned that. And then yep. you took that to short-term rentals, not, Hey, everybody's crushing short-term rentals. This looks like a shiny object. Let me go try this. Uh, I mean, maybe you know, it might've been a little bit of that, but it was like, but let's fit it into this model. And so you have the operation side. So let's get into that a little bit, because I think you and I agree. We were talking a little bit before. That's where it's at. I mean, multifamily got incredibly hot. Short-term rentals were even hotter. I, I heard some stat, Anthony, you would know this better than me, but I thought I heard some stat that was like 50% or maybe even crazier, like 70% of the Airbnbs in existence were bought in the last two years or something, or like were brought online. I mean, just yeah. an incredible amount. It just exploded, right? Um, yes. And, and I would say it feels like sometimes like, 50% of uh, multifamily syndicators were were born or started, you know, their businesses were started in the past couple of years, like everybody got in. And what I, right. what you and I think agree on is it's gotten a lot tougher. It's, it's likely mm -hmm. going to get even tougher. I mean, if we really get into a recession, Hey, vacancy might tick up. Uh, rents yeah. might tick down. I mean, that's unheard of, but they might go down. And I think you and I agree multifamily and rentals in general, you know, are supposed to do well during recessions. Uh, I think right. that's if you have good debt and if you operate really well, if you run your business really well, that will be the case. But what happens in these times is a lot of people that aren't set up to do that, they fall away. There's more opportunity. So let's jump into that. I talked for too long, Anthony. I'm going to put the microphone back to you. <laughs> Tell us okay. a little bit about what you guys are doing in Florida specifically, because that's where you guys are creating some scale. That's where you're turning it more into like a, a syndication um, and right. really, but the same business, same model. So let's talk about that a little bit. How did, you know, yeah, I'll let you take it where you want. I, I want to learn about how you guys are doing that, but how you're using the same model and, and operations that you guys learned in the multifamily space. Sure, sure. So from a, from an acquisition standpoint too, right? It's yeah. the specific area that we're at, uh, that we're in is is on the panhandle uh, in an area called 30A. And 30A is this two-lane road. They call it a highway, but it's like you're only going 35 on this thing. That yeah. hugs the Gulf of Mexico and basically yep. connects Destin, if you've ever heard of Destin. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, almost to Panama City. And okay. it's where all the uh, the the wealthier folks from all the southern states go for to, to vacation or it's yeah. where it's yeah. where their second home's at. Right. So from right there, we love the market because 
it's somewhat recession proof because it's like, okay, if there's a recession, the people that are going to vacation here, aren't going to stop taking vacations. Yeah. And, and two, 70%, that's 70% of the people that, that vacation there are from those Southern States and they're not depending on an airport to get there. So even in the peak of COVID, right, the occupancy during the peak season was north of 80%. So it's like, okay, we've had, we have some really good data here that says we're pretty insulated. Yeah. And, that's and, great. and that, that market, the home values had appreciated like 20 to 25% year over year for five years straight. So, and, and there's only so much coastline you can, you can build on. So we knew that that appreciation was still going to be there. So it was, it was an area that my parent, my parents found when I was in college and fell in love with it, kept telling my, my girlfriend, my now wife, Nicole and I that, Hey, you need to come down here to check this out. Like it's yeah. beautiful. And I'm like, I'm not mom, dad, I'm not going to the freaking panhandle of Florida. I'm just not doing it. Well, it's know? like mom and dad, if it's a place you like, then obviously I'm not going to like it. Cause it's not hip. Right. right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but we got down there and my, it was just incredible. I mean, it's yeah. Caribbean waters, it's sugar white sand beaches. It's, it's fantastic. And yep. You know, we went, we went, uh, for a family vacation, took my girls, my parents, uh, my wife and I this past June and just the explosion that had taken place, um, along 30 a and all these quaint little beach towns that, that had been popping up, it's kind of a light bulb went off and said, Hey, how do we, how do we take advantage of this market? Um, and what we found out was there's not a lot of pure investment that's going on in, in that market. Almost all of almost all of the homes are rented out for half the year solely to cover costs so that the owners can have their vacation home when they want it rent free or uh, mortgage free. Right. No expense. But there wasn't anyone that was saying, hey, how do we jack occupancy, jack revenue? And what do those returns look like? And certainly no one's down there syndicating deals, which is what we're doing. So we essentially took a basic syndication model that we were using on all of our more traditional commercial, you know, commercial real estate assets. You know, we went down there, we got a, we got a commercial mortgage on, on all these homes. And we do that. We do that because, you know, on a, on a resi mortgage, anybody involved in that LLC that owns the house has to sign on the debt. Well, we're not, we're not putting a deal together where that would have to happen. And there's recourse on our, on our investors. Right. So we're able to get, Yeah. We're able to get commercial mortgages on all these properties. The lenders down there understand the business and understand the short-term rental game, which is vastly different from a lot of markets across the country, especially here up north. Like you're not getting you're not getting good financing if if the bank knows it's a short-term rental asset. They're gonna underwrite it like a traditional long-term rental and they're gonna use heavy market comps to take a look at their underwriting. Whereas down there in Florida, they're taking an inc- banks are taking an income based underwriting approach. So they're looking at the business inside of the home, which which okay. changes things dramatically. So we're able to get good debt. Uh, the infrastructure down there when it comes to the boots on the ground cleaners, which is your most which is pro- oh, arguably your most imagine. important um, asset to, to operate that type of uh, that type of business. They're ev- they're everywhere they're because really that, nice. because yeah. that that market. That market has seven point two billion dollars in economic impact that flows through that economy on an annual basis, and it's all built around vacations. So right. we we essentially took our we took our normal underwriting approach. We got we got commercial debt, which is no different than what we're doing, and we went out and and told the story and ra- and raised money from you know limited passive partners. And now we're we're operating them on a daily basis, and we're getting ready to head into a crazy crazy high revenue busy season yeah. in what, two and a half weeks. 
Oh, I'm sure. I bet you guys are excited. So in, real quick, one thing I'm, I'm just wondering, like, how many did you buy? Like, tell us what the deal looked like. I mean, imagine like you've got to buy a handful of these. Yeah. Are you, I mean, and you got to buy them at the same time. So was somebody selling yeah. off a, a handful of them? How, how were you able to put that together? Yeah. So, so we met when I was down there on vacation, I, w- I went into an open house simply, simply so I could write off a portion of the vacation. Right. That's nice. the only reason why I didn't there in go. there met our now our, our now broker that's down there who just knew her stuff and the the brokerage firm which is Corcoran Reverie is the name of the brokerage firm they run the show along the panhandle there's not much big stuff that happens that doesn't go through their office okay so we had we identified uh, a three home portfolio um, we put all three under contract around June of last summer two of the homes, were off market. One of them was a pocket listing uh, that we that brand brand new renovated. The the owner basically gutted the thing, thought he was going to live in it, and then the town next door had a home pop up that he wanted, and he said, "Hey, just get me out of this one for what I have into it." So, boom, got that one. Uh, the second one, the seller I had already identified the back end of a ten thirty one, so needed needed to dump the, and, nice. and needed the cash from the sale of this. So, boom, got that one. Those first two purchases were the lowest per square foot purchases in that area of 30A in 2022. So we got them at 15 to 15 to 20% discount. So we have hundreds of thousands of dollars of equity when we close right on those yeah. two homes. Yeah, good. Yeah, the third home uh, was on market in June. We had a 4.75% interest rate um, and Thir- or 45, 60 days later, rates were six, six and a quarter, and, and we didn't we didn't have it locked. So we ended up not closing it in on that home because we would have been overpaying it, overpaying for it at the time, and the seller wouldn't wouldn't budge, and they still haven't sold that home. Okay. Um, so they're just they're just fixed on the price. So right now there's two homes. Uh, okay. We were just down there a couple of weeks. We looked at another 18 because we're ready to go. Um, we're probably putting offers in this week. And then we have another really big project that I'm actually leaving on Wednesday to fly down for that. I can't talk about yet, but that would, that would, um, it would be a life changing deal, uh, if we're able to get this one done, man. Awesome. Okay. So yeah. And I mean, we can all imagine like the price point on these, it makes sense to syndicate, even though it's just a couple. Cause like, I mean, these are high end and and right on the beach and, um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, Yeah. Okay. And then, um, so yeah, so taking it down similarly, I mean, I love the idea of getting the commercial loan cause you're right. And then we, we don't want our, uh, our passive investors signing on a loan. The whole point right. of being a limited partner is that your risk is limited <laughs> to what you're yes. investing. Right. So you should never be signing right. loans. So that's awesome. And, and then it's, you know, it's, it's good financing. Uh, you can, you can get that. So that's awesome. And, but, and I think too, the, the point you made, you really have to be in an area that is kind of used to that. And, and the other thing that made me start thinking about Anthony is like, you mentioned the cleaners, they're all there because this has always been a, a, uh, a tourist uh, market, a short-term rental market. I mean, I think, right. you know, one area that a lot of people go to is like, um, Gatlinburg. A lot of people go down there to the Smokies. A lot of yep. people go to Hilton Head. And I think about these areas that like, they were doing short-term rentals before anybody knew what short-term rentals, like before anybody knew what Airbnb was, right? Like they go yeah. way back. So to think another thing I didn't mention, like to think that that's ever going away. Cause that's the thing you got to worry about too, Anthony, right? That the city comes in and goes no more short-term rentals. Well, in these markets that have been doing it for 30 years, again, before Airbnb was even conceived, that's not going away. I mean, right. Might, there's no chance. Right. I mean, it's always been going on. So I, I love that idea. And, and so with that, there's like security of it's always going to be here because people have always been doing it. But that also means like there's the infrastructure there. So it allows right. you to run it because I'm, I'm so big on multifamily. 
operation. I don't want to be the property manager. So I need to know that there's good property managers and all the things you're right. talking about says that there's going to be good on site management. And you mentioned the cleaners. I mean, that's, that's number one. And so you guys are able to yeah. operate. So maybe just a little bit on that, Anthony, how are you guys yeah. operating these and probably setting yourselves apart from, uh, again, the families that own the house next door and they rent it out to their friends, but they're not really operating it like a business like you guys are. That market and all the property management firms that are down there, they're not really running it like we need to run it either. And and yeah. that was a huge that was a huge struggle for us at first. Um, when we went down there, we fully anticipated to be to be transparent to hire a third party to take okay, care of everything because sure, sure. we're up here in Detroit. Yeah. But what we what we found and what was frustrating for us is that everyone down there, one, there's the whole beach ho hum pace of doing things, which does not fly <laughs> with us. Right. Nope. But more, no. it was everyone has their, bl everyone had their blinders on because things had been operating a certain way for yep. decades. Right. Yep. And it's right. Hey, this is a 24, 26 a week rental market. And that's just is how it is. Yep. We're like, no, it's not. No, it's yeah, not. It doesn't 20, have to be. It's, okay. It's 26 weeks because the owners of these homes are using them for the other 26. Right. doesn't have to right. be. And you guys get paid the more the houses are full. And it was just like in one ear, out the other, completely over the head. And it, it was no one could comprehend it. So we knew we're like, hey, no one's going to no one's going to take care of our stuff. If like they don't believe in it like you guys do, they're not going to go for it. Yeah, there, it, it was very clear it. that there was yeah. nobody down there that could that could um, execute our business model for us. So we we took it completely in house. Uh, my, my wife resigned from 12 years of from 12 years of uh, being an elementary school teacher, which she rocked at um, and came in and she's, she's running the operations of our short-term rental portfolio. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. And her, but the kicker is one, it's, it's a hospitality business, right? It's cus it's customer service. So it's like, if you can handle 30 third graders <laughs> and their, and their parents, yeah. you, you oh, can right. handle people on a luxury vacation. Right. And yep. not only that, but her master's was in tech and there's so oh, much, cool. there is yeah, way more tech that operate short-term rentals compared to long-term rentals. I mean, it's it's absolutely impressive and we're still in the second inning. So every almost every month there's a new there's a new platform whether that's uh whether that's um that's analyzing rental rates and automatically right. adjust you know adjusting rental rates or it's operating door codes, you know, from up here yes, in Detroit and nice. people automatic door codes. It's all over the place. So so the, the amount of tech makes it a little bit simpler. Now you can't just institute a, a, a tech platform and then it's hands off. I mean, we're, we're paying attention to it multiple times every single day. Um, and we went down there and we, we interviewed, I couldn't even tell you how many cleaners and handymen and just, just built that team. Right. Yeah, so and we, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the name, the name of our company is dynasty investment partners. And we, we hang heavy on that partner thing. Right. Cause sure. it's like, yep, we're not, you have to. we're not signing yes. contracts with vendors, right. We're signing, we're, these are business partners to us and they need yep. to understand our business model. And, and we treat them like partners. They treat us like partners. That's and awesome. Right. We've, we've found some awesome boots on the ground partnerships down there uh, that we know have our back and understand what we're trying to do is a little bit different down there. And they've hitched their wagon to a company that, okay, we might only have two right now, but I understand what these guys are doing and there's going to be a hell of a lot more here very soon. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really like that, man. I cannot agree more on the partners thing. And we, we feel the same way, you know, about our property management company, but anybody that's working with them, I mean, there's you know, the contractors, the guys that turn our units. I mean, I, I love yep. those guys and, yep. and I want to, yeah, I want them to feel like we value them and, and we want to pay fair. And I, I try not to beat them up over price. They come to us on a price. I mean, they're fair. So, you know, if they were way high, I would, I would, you know, negotiate with them, but it's like, man, I want you guys to do well. You're doing a great yeah. job for us. So 
Hey, Threefold listeners, just want to take a quick second here to promote our sponsor, a company that I'm a big fan of, done a lot of business. I'm a very happy customer of Prominent Title Agency. They are a full service title and escrow company licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee, Michigan, and Florida. They handle commercial transactions of all types and sizes, including multifamily, retail, industrial, hotels, medical buildings, restaurants, gas stations, golf courses. They are very experienced and efficient in handling large portfolios, including multiple properties and or multi-states, as well as entity transfers in Ohio. My guy over there is Rob Calabrese. Uh, He is the division director uh, for Prominent Title Agency's commercial real estate division. Uh, Being a licensed attorney and title agent in Ohio and Kentucky, Rob has strong knowledge of the complex world of commercial real estate. Uh, He also offers offers legal services in all aspects of commercial real estate. Uh, Guys, I've worked with Rob a lot. You know, we're getting a deal under contract now and, and I, Told the broker, I said, man, I really want to work with Prominent Title. Just trust those guys over there. Uh, they're great. They're quick. Love working with those guys. Now, back to the show. Andy, along those lines, I always like to ask my guests, um, what would you say is the key ingredient for being a successful real estate investor? Transparency. With, with everybody, right? Okay, with sure. everybody. Except when you're trying to negotiate a purchase price, right? Then you don't have to be <laughs> as transparent. Then hold your cards close to your chest, yeah. Right. But, but for us, it's, it's transparency, right? I mean, we, we, we wear our business plan on our sleeve and we, it is very clear what we're trying to do and and how we're going to execute it. Um, And, you know, what, what I've learned er, earlier on in my career before I started with dynasty, right. It's just like, Hey, your your investors need to feel your investors are investing maybe in a deal, but eventually it's going to get to a point where they don't even care what the deal looks like. They're investing in you as the, as the sponsor. Right. right? So, and you don't, you, that cannot happen if you don't build that level of, of trust with sure. your investors and they know mm-hmm. that, you know, they can trust every word that's coming out of your mouth and every email that's coming across the computer. Right. So it's, um, and, and that might, that everything's not sunshine and rainbows. We all have stuff that goes bad on, on deals or pieces of property. And it's, it's, it's being transparent when that, when that happens too, it's yeah, nobody yeah. wants, nobody wants surprises, but if you're telling an investor that everything's hunky dory and then all of a sudden, Hey, uh, never, Never mind everything, you know, stuff's really hit the fan. It's just that tra- transparency to me is the of utmost importance. And I don't think you're going to have a successful business if you're not being. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, if we are getting hard times, I've heard some guys with experience say, and, and investors too, I've talked to some past investors say, you know, honestly, I, I ended up gaining more trust with my sponsor through the bad times. And it was just, mm-hmm. and it was like, the fact that they communicated well with me during difficult times, now I trust them more than ever. And like, and almost, right. you can almost gain trust through a bad experience with a past investor just because you're so transparent with them. So I think that's great, yeah. man. It, it, it's really good stuff. Um, hey, uh, you work with your wife in the business. I I, I do as well. So I, I, I'm yeah. really anxious to hear uh, this part. I always like to ask my guests, you know, what's a key ingredient to maintaining your priorities uh, is one way to say it. Like, you know, making sure you're a great husband, a great dad. If, if, if faith is important, you make sure you're, you're prioritizing that while pursuing all this success in real estate investing. Maybe what are some things you and your wife do as you're working together to make sure it's not all business all the time? Yeah. You know, great, great question. And we've only been doing this for less than a year, right? Okay. So we are yeah. absolutely learning and Still this, work in is, progress. this is yep. a process. This is a yep. process, but the most important thing for us, and it, it it's not just business, right? It's it's communication, and mm-hmm. and we've worked on it because when we really started going gangbusters here, it was hard to turn it. It was hard to turn that switch off of hey, yeah. work's yeah. over with. Like we're not laying in bed at night talking about work, right? It's been yeah. it, it's communication and knowing 
um, what boundaries work for us. And it's going to be different from every, for, for any sure. couple that's working together. But for us, it was, it's absolutely a, a daily conversation of just, Hey, Haley, I got a question to ask you and it's work related, not personal related. So cool to talk about work, right? Yeah. Or, Hey, this is a question as your husband, not your colleague, right? <laughs> it's just, just yeah. I, and it's, it seems super, line. super simple, but that has been a huge key for us for how, how we communicate um, is just knowing when, okay, we're going to have this conversation. It's going to be about work or we're going to have this conversation. It's going to be as a husband and wife. And that, that little, that little change in how we communicated so far has been a blessing. Good. Good. Yeah, man. And it's so, it's so important. I mean, you've got to stay connecting because I mean, people can do it with kids. Like you end up having kids and and everything's about kids. And and then you, you turn around and it's like, we're just co-parents. That's the only, that's all we have, right? Yeah. We're not dating anymore. We're not romantic. We're not, you know, we're not involved in that way. And, and, and so a business just adds another, like, we're just co-parents and partners, business partners, you know, <laughs> so it just that kind of adds yeah. that other thing. So man, it's really good. I, I, you know, really encourage you and your wife. I hope you guys, um, just continue, uh, struggling for that. Cause it is a struggle, but yes. you know, it, it's worth the struggle, right. To, to, to make sure you maintain that. It's really good, man. Um, yeah, I hope that for you guys, cause 100%. it's fun. I mean, it's, it can, it's really cool that you guys get to run the business together. It's, it's really fun, but um, yeah, you yeah, still want to make sure been you're a blast. Andy, this has been great, man. Um, really interesting. This is, um, you know, a, a topic that and I haven't uh, covered before. I don't, I don't know of the uh, syndicating the short-term rental space. So it's really cool. I know you um, are over there in investdynasty.com. So we'll put that yes. in the show notes and then you guys are active on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, uh, even TikTok. So we'll, we'll put all that on there. Uh, send people your Wonderful. way. But um, before I let you go, I always like to ask my uh, guests, Anthony, how might my listeners and I be praying for you in the coming weeks? You know, I, I just pray for safety and good health, right? Sure. It's, yeah. you know, we're getting, we're getting ready to travel here and take a, take a work trip. That's going to morph into a family vacation. And, nice. you know, with uh, that time of the year still where everyone's getting sick and ill, yep. it's a, uh, it's a, it's a stay healthy stay safe. And I think that goes for everyone. We're, it's a crazy world we live in today. So health and sure, safety sure. is yeah, yeah. Especially when you got important. young kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Be happy to pray for that, man. Man, and what a cool thing Thanks. about uh, the specific investments that you're doing that it can morph into a family vacation. That is what right? a perk that is, man. That's awesome. Not bad. So good yeah. for you guys. Good stuff. Well, Thank again, you. Anthony, thanks so much for your time, man. It's been a real pleasure having you on. I uh, appreciate you coming on. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing what you guys are doing over there. No, super humbled for having me. Thank you so much. This was this was a blast. Love to do it again sometime. Yeah, man, absolutely. All right, take care. All right, thanks, Lee. Thank you for joining us for another great episode. I hope you'll take action on what you've learned today. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving Lee a five-star rating and review. And check him out on threefoldrei.com. Until next time, 1 Timothy 6.17.